Welcome to the Explorer Eagle podcast, the City of Eagles podcast with the same name as our app, Explore Eagle. Hi, I'm Mayor Jason Pierce. People often ask me, what does Eagles model life done right mean? In each episode, we will talk with the city leaders, staff, business owners, and residents to explore the many ways Eagle is life done right. And uh, I, I know I've had to change my attitude a little bit about, well, maybe that'll be okay, you know, if you do this or that to it. And, and yet, uh, in my heart, I want to keep it exactly the same, but nothing stays the same. And so we want to make sure our community grows and it's, we have the idea of having this, the downtown with a livable downtown also. So yeah, it, it changes and we're, you know, we know it's going to change, but we hope we can keep the feel of downtown with the street trees and the, and the events that go along. Well, on the wide sidewalks, and I mean everything right. that we do, well, right, to create a community yeah. area. When we first, uh, when we first moved here, the, the sidewalks basically were gravel. Mm -hmm. uh, there was no lighting, anything like that, and we actually uh, 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 there was a, a four-way stop at uh, Eagle Road and and State Street, and we were trying to figure out what to do. And uh, ITD wouldn't do anything with that intersection. They didn't think it was busy enough to. To do anything, so I got somebody from ITD to come out and sit down at the cafe uh, and watch the intersection. And a big truck came around, and tried to turn, and the tail end of the truck caught a light and uh, left the light going like this. And the ITD guy said, "You know, I think we do need to do something here." Well, then that was when they decided they would redo the intersection and put a light in. And from that, we had matching funds that we uh, the, uh, that the federal funds would put up. That was when we started redoing downtown, putting in curb gutters, gutters, sidewalks. What what was your like profession that you did? Uh, well, let's see. I I actually was a farm boy from Oregon. Moved to Idaho uh, when my folks sold their dairy farm and bought a ranch in uh, outside of Blackfoot. Went to school at Idaho State and uh, came over and worked for the Statesman, who was the first full-time business editor of the Statesman. And uh, when I left there, I went back to uh, uh, Pocatello as the alumni director. And then that was when I joined the phone company, went to Denver for two years, came back here. And uh, when I left the phone company, worked for a nonprofit, the uh, Idaho Community Foundation, and ultimately uh, was the head of the Idaho State Historical Society for 10 years. Uh, when I continue to also be on the city council, I, counting mayor and city council, uh, went 26 years. Oh wow! In uh, in Eagle City government, and now back on planning and zoning. So I can't. It, it's in my blood, I guess. Uh, and I don't know what I'd do if I left Eagle again. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Well, we of course had the egg farm there. We had 500,000 chickens there, right on State Street. And that was uh, after I married my husband there with the, the Merrill's Egg Farm. We lived there and raised our kids there. But what I did after um, we got married and the kids were a little older is uh, I got involved in interior design. And I worked with an interior design artist and I would travel uh, to different places across the Northwest with her and other crew. And we would stay there for weeks and I'd bring big bags of paint supplies and I would paint the walls and I would paint the furniture and I would change things that, as she needed to do. 
then I came back and I started my own business and started teaching. I had six uh, teachers that were under me and I started teaching the artwork and um, the different things for the walls, the faux finishes and all those kinds of things. I actually taught the painters at Ponderosa Paint that was in Eagle uh, how to st first start to do the faux finishes for the walls on that. So I, you know, I had a little bit of an eye for, for art and for design and so when I was able to use it in the city of Eagle as far as uh, structure and texture and color, um, it became natural to me as we started putting together things for the community with that. So I feel like that background helped a bit. So uh, being an ordinary chicken farmer's wife from the beginning and being able to move through the years from 93 to 2008 with uh, being involved in the city from planning and zoning city council uh, several of the committees and on up to the mayor um, was a huge experience and a great blessing to be able to be involved with so many people and so many things that created my life and other lives too so it's been a great blessing to be able to live in Eagle work in Eagle and I, I think I don't think you could probably pull me out of here we've looked at other places to move to and my roots are so deep, you know, I just can't help watch the city council meetings, come down to the meetings, or testify at a meeting, or, you know, stay involved. And, and I, there's times when people have said, just back away, and there's other people that can do this. Oh, I know that. I know they can do it. But it's just hard not keeping your finger in the pot somewhere in something that you dearly love. Yeah, so. and that, that helps me to stay involved because I live two houses down from Nancy. I know everything that's going on in the Eagle pretty much. <laughs> uh, actually, the two of us and Stan Bastian, who is a longtime city council member, uh, all live right within that neighborhood. So we kind of keep track of what's going on in the city. At yeah. the same time. Yeah, we do. Well, that's what I noticed about you guys over the years and, and being around the community. Like I said, I'm the newbie at 20 years, you know, being here, is the passion and the love that, that, that the people that do get involved have for the community. And even when you yeah. get people to come testify that they don't like something, it usually comes out of somewhere good, right? But it's yet, really, do you know everything that's going on? And have you really, you know, just heard kind of what's happening? Or are, have you really looked at all the paperwork? Have you gone through the documents that we have to go through and all those things? So it's always been, but everybody always, I think when they come here, I always say when you kind of come down Eagle Road and you come past Chinden, Eagle kind of puts its arms around you, right? When you come through and you got Island Woods on one side, two rivers on the other, you come up to the river, you just feel like you've come into this place that's giving you a big old hug. And it's different. You feel totally different when you cross Chinden from Meridian into Eagle, from the stuff that you guys have, you know, had long-term visions for. Yeah. yeah, and we've heard that a lot a of lot. times. Uh, it used to be when you came off that hill, what really made people like the rural feel was the fact that there was a big field there that always had horses in it and things. And uh, whenever any proposal came up for the development of that, of course, people always said, I want to see the horses stay there. I don't want to see a change. And as I've always told people, there's a way to be able to have that happen. And they get, oh, real excited about how, what do we have to do? I say, buy the property and let it sit there the way you want it. Well, they can't afford to do that. They, they, it's not realistic for them to be able to do that. But it's easy to tell everybody else what you want to have done, I think. But uh, uh, I think in a lot of cases, we really have been lucky early on in the city of Eagle to create the concepts that we have. The very first 
Eagle had sat pretty stagnant for a period of time during you know the early 80s and things and then we had somebody come in and wanted to do a subdivision uh, the first one we'd seen in a long time just north of the back or the front nine of the Eagle Golf Course and that Fairview or Fairway uh, 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 subdivision pretty much ended up being what you might call cookie cutter in that everything was just square and you know each lot was the same size uh, but the next one to come in was uh, uh, Lexington Hills. Big, big change for us. Uh, uh, they came in wanting to do open spaces, sidewalks, ponds, those kinds of things. And Lexington Hills would have gone all the way from the uh, west end that exists today, all the way over to Horseshoe Bend, uh, the old Horseshoe Bend Highway. Uh, massive project. We really negotiated with them and finally it came down to the fact that we said that project was going to increase the size of Eagle by 50%. We have two schools, we have to have another school, so you need to set aside a spot for the school. They said, hey, nobody's ever expected us to put a school in a subdivision. And we said, that's fine, then don't build the subdivision. And they literally said, you're serious about getting this done. We said, don't, you don't have to build the school, you just identify where it's going to go, work with the school district, sell the property at the cost that it costs you for the property and the infrastructure and don't make money off the school district. And they went along with that and Seven Oaks ended up being the school. Another thing that happened was ITD tried to stop that project. They were going to relocate Highway 55 off of the old Horseshoe Bend Road and they wanted us to not put the subdivision in until they had identified what their route was going to be, which would be probably a couple of years before they got that prepared. Uh, we told them that we weren't going to stop the subdivision, and we ended up putting the right away where we thought where they should go, did not put homes in there or anything, and we told them if that's not the right location, then you can go ahead and uh, condemn all the houses that will be built around it. Well, they, they accepted uh, our route ultimately, but we're not happy campers for a long, long time that we had taken it upon ourselves to to uh, basically do planning that didn't fit what their schedule was. <laughs> and uh, we're a whole lot better off of it, but Eagles sometimes do those kinds of things, go ahead with what we thought needed to be done, uh, wasn't the most convenient, may have made some people unhappy, but in the long run, I think we were uh, uh, and are a whole lot better off because of the whole concept we've had, and it's continued on into the future and today, <laughs> There are a lot of decisions that are made, I think, that uh, are looking into the future, doing what needs to be done now in order to prepare for that. Yeah, I, I remember that Lexington Hills because when I was growing up, I used to change pipes on that field <laughs> with the family that was there, and uh, we would change the water pipes and carry them along mm -hmm. the fields and the rows there and, and have watered the fields. So, you know, watching those fields grow uh, has always been concerning for so many people. If you don't want to change the farmland, we don't want to lose the farmland. And yet, that's where they want to come and live when they arrive, is in an area that has once farmed and now is a beautiful subdivision. So, uh, Lexington Hills was a very good example of that, and they did a good job. They also was the first ones that gave us the water. We started our the water yeah. system with Eagle with uh, turning that around there. So we. We had a bunch of water. They they had it with uh, 
uh, Eagle Water, not Eagle City Water, and that began that water system there. So we, uh, you know, continued to build the homes. And the thing about Floating Feather, where it is built now, is is that it, with the ACHD widened the roads, and we made them put in the big sidewalks and the street trees, made Idaho Power take. Uh, the pa the lines down so we didn't have the overhead lines there and we put, hadn't put the berms in. We've always had berms and street trees along arterials and collectors, and that's what uh, part of it, what makes our city so pretty is that we've we've wanted. Uh, uh, Steve was one always said we want a canopy along our our um, subdivisions and where we drive so it has this uh, canopy of trees it looks like that type of a city basically uh, there were a lot of spots where we wish we had trees even in the front yard to some of the people and so we set up a fund told people if you put a tree in we'll pay the first hundred dollars I have of that go in and that's a project I think it still goes on right. today where people it just increases the number of trees that we have we're, Eagle's been a tree city USA I think since the the late 80s was when we first applied for that and we've always been one and if you do any kind of uh, uh, aerial shots or anything like that that's what you see in Eagle is a lot of trees and I think that's another thing that really enhances the look I mean you, you see that in the other cities and things like that but we uh, I think we do it in spades we try to we try and still today try to bury the lines as much as we possibly oh, yeah. can to get them to bury the lines and then put the trees in and um, Steve said we were Tree City USA. I remember coming down from after the bypass and we moved the, tr the houses there and, and put the Plaza Street in, which it was a huge big fight at that time also. But um, there were some big sycamore trees on Eagle Road and they wanted to do a culvert underneath the road, not far from McDonald's there. And uh, we said, no, we're not gonna, you're not gonna come in and ruin those roots of that, those big sycamore trees. And uh, so we had ACHD hand dig around the roots in the culverts to keep those trees there. And I think it was at that time that someone gave me a roll of yellow tape that called me the, uh, I don't even want to tell you what they called me. Uh, the, anyway, the uh, queen of the trees because I wanted to keep all the trees. But our trees were important to us and they still are today. We had an arborist. Then I don't know if we have one there, we do. but what our idea was that we didn't want to see a new city, which Eagle was, become a pavement, and then all the trees, all the same height, then all die at the same time. So we we did, and I think we still do have them keep the full growth trees, mm -hmm. if possible, where they're at, and put undergrowth trees along the way, and so we have this vision of the trees growing and they can become a certain yeah. size and they come out and we have the other trees that have already grown up underneath them and there has this continual growth of trees. The city set up guidelines that are still there. If you've got trees on the property you're going to develop, we identify what the sizes are, what the caliper is of all those trees and if you take them out you give the city either a compensation or plant additional trees to to equal that so that we end up uh, you know continuing that canopy that was there. Sometimes it takes a while for it to develop, but it is going to be there in the future. And so, so what was kind of like the vision of Eagle in the early days to have the the lower densities? I mean, if you look at our community compared to others, I love to I love to pull up a, a Google map from up top, right? And and you kind of go 
south of Chinden and pick up what other cities have done, and then you go north of Chinden and look at the difference of what Eagle's done. Yeah. What has been, because that's not a normal city mentality, no, right? Well, a normal city mentality is to get density in there, get tax dollars, have yeah. things closer. We have Blueprint for Good Growth in the early 2000s where, you know, it was trying to get all the densities to go yeah. to, the, you know, Boise and other places, but Eagle kind of fought back and said, no, we're going to do it our way because we yeah. want to be different. And that was uh, something that came out of that that uh, uh, Horizons Task Force. And the feeling was that if we're going to maintain some kind of a rural field, then we're going to have to have open spaces and a little bit of elbow room and things like that. And so we basically designed the city to have higher densities near the downtown core and then build out from there. At the time, we didn't realize we were going to you know, go all the way out to Highway 50, or Highway 16. We had no idea we'd be up into the, you know, below the foothills and things. We pretty much kind of looked and thought that Eagle was going to grow maybe out to Ballantyne uh, and uh, Old Harshu Bend, uh, Floating Feather and Shinden. And, uh, uh, and so we developed the concept as far as open spaces and things like that based on that. Uh, we've certainly had higher densities now that have taken place closer to downtown than what we had originally anticipated. But it was in that original concept of that first uh, revamp of what was a, an old comprehensive plan that kind of set the tone for the open spaces and the desire to do that. And, uh, and from that, we started making those kinds of demands on the developers and, uh, uh, and with early success such as Lexington, it influenced what was going to be happening with all the rest of them, and that's how I think we, we ended up growing the way we're growing. You know, we, we also had a great uh, relationship with some of the developers, and, and we had to have that because we wanted something and they wanted something and wasn't the same. And so when we uh, went into the um, Island Woods area and around the river area, and uh, they wanted to put in five homes per acre in the area. <clears throat> and we said no. And uh, you've got, by the way, you've got to build the land up because you're in the floodway and you've got to go the two feet above the uh, base flood elevation. And the only way you can do that is by using the land or the dirt on your property. And so we said, you've got to take the dirt out of your property, which makes a pond and you've got to use that to build up your two feet above base flood elevation for your homes because you're in that flood, uh, not flood way, but the flood zone area. And so that would allow them to have build their crawl spaces and everything with uh, vents and things for the water to move through. They in we engineered, had them engineer those roads and, and the land so that if we did have a flood or a runover from the river, which we have, that the water would not run into any homes, but it would either go into the ponds or down the streets. And, and that has worked. But in order to do that, we had to have developers agree to do that. So uh, the first developer that did that was Dennis Baker, and he came in and really didn't want to do that. And we said, and by the way, we want a 50-foot berm along Eagle Road and we want trees, big trees in it, and we, we want to protect the homes as people drive down Eagle Road is what you see those berms and, and how those got built today. But the interesting thing is once those developers come in and, and build those subdivisions, uh, they sell 
and they sell yeah. well. And so they would put those homes on the front of their brochures to sell as they marketed them. So right. we had a, a, you know, working with great developers and making good decisions with the city uh, builds partnerships and uh, we were able to do that. The comprehensive plan was interesting because it had a kind of a linear look to it with the, from Eagle, from State Street to Floating Feather were all, supposed to be all one acres. From Floating Feather up to Beacon Light uh, were the two acres and five acres and then on up to the foothills. So that was the big plan on that area, but we had Ada County come in and somebody come in and build some homes on Ada County uh, yeah. comprehensive the, plan, which ruined the whole thing. Yeah, the uh, you, you were talking about the flooding and things. It's interesting, early on, uh, whenever the water, the river would flood, there was one house that always got flooded down by the, the South Fork of the Boise River, and so the media would always run out there and take pictures of that thing being flooded. And then we started building on the island, and everybody anticipated real flood problems. But because we had planned for the water to flow through and things, media never ever were able to go out and find any other houses flooding except for that one that they always kept shooting a picture of. Once it was removed, then they didn't have anything to shoot out in Eagle when it came to having catastrophes when we had you know major floods on the on the river. Because we had again had planned ahead with that and uh, it was just another example where we had in that case a lot of staff members who said we need to be doing these things mm -hmm. too giving us guidance not just something for the public but we had have always had really good staff uh, it's grown a little bit since uh, I was mayor when I was mayor it was myself and Barbara Montgomery was the city clerk and that's the way it was until I uh, left in, in 94 as mayor she was still the only staff member we had at City, and then we grew from that just because the city was growing so much and we had so many more needs. When I talk to people a lot, I, I get them to kind of understand that, you know, in the state of Idaho, you have to have counties, okay, per the Constitution. You don't have to have cities. Cities are created by people who want better services, who want more out of their community. And so as you've seen it grown from when you, you know, had two people working here to what we are today, you know, you, you're providing those services that people want. And through that comprehensive plan, which is where it tells, you know, how many acres per person of parks do we have? How many miles of trails? You know, how many police officers? It really lays out what your city is going to be when it grows up and as it continues to do. And, you know, every seven years we look at it and adjust it to what's happening at the time. So I, I think it's important for people to really yeah. look at that and find out so they can see what their city is going to be. Did you say police officers? Police officers. Oh, that's yeah. another great story about Eagle. <laughs> uh, we, we depended on Ada County for our responses. And, uh, and one, uh, one morning, Rick Isaguire's uh, Eagle Beverage was robbed. And uh, uh, Rick uh, was not a happy camper. Uh, came and said, you know, it took these guys forever to be able to get out here to, you know, to check on me, the Ada County uh, Sheriff's officers, which we went back and tracked and found it had been three minutes, but it seemed like an eternity uh, before anybody got there. And Rick felt that we needed to have our own police department. And so he was on city council, had got, he actually was elected to city council based on that fact. So when he came on the council, I put him in charge of a group to decide which way should we go, get our own police force or continue to use Ada County. And 
he did the study, came back, and basically said, you know, you were right. We need to go with Ada County because of the number of officers we have. And so we did a contract with them and started adding additional officers assigned specifically to Eagle instead of having our own police department. If you think about that, you hire one guy to be your police chief. He's on duty 24 hours a day, seven days a week, buy his vehicle, do all those kind of things. You don't have as much coverage as you have to put more people on. And so what we found was it was much more cost effective to contract with Ada County. Once we had done it, and it's been a tremendous success, other cities started doing it. I think uh, I think Star and CUNA have both added that to uh, the way that they operate in cooperation with Ada County. And it was, you know, it was just, uh, it started because somebody robbed Eagle Beverage and, uh, and it started the whole process. But, uh, but it ended up being uh, a great success because of uh, how we handled the whole thing and looked into it. And I think what a lot of people don't understand about, you know, Ada County providing services, they provide a county level of service to your community and to the county. We wanted an enhanced service where we wanted better response times, people that were in Eagle, and also that community policing that comes with it, right? Right. Where you get to know your police chief, you get to know the police officers because they're they're in your community, they're visiting your schools. Um, and so that's been a big part that I think has been great. And if you look at, I mean, I tell people with Garden City, I mean, Garden City has half as many people but pay twice as much for police services because they have their own. Mm -hmm. The way we contract, we're financially being good stewards of the tax dollars and we're also getting a better service because we just don't have the, the 26 or 28 folks that are part of the sheriff's department here. We have the backing of the 800 that are part of the whole sheriff's department, so. Well, exactly, uh, Jason. And the other thing what it, that goes along with that is that we don't have to pay for the equipment and the training. So, you know, they put the cars in here, they, they put the, uh, the guns, the shields, all of their training, their post training that they put in there. And that, you know, is, uh, dollars that we don't have to put out for for that so having that contract has always been kind of one of those things that we felt really good about as a contract that is is for the city part of our city is i think people don't understand is that we are unique and of course we're unique by design but uh and and who are who our leaders are but we also don't have uh, a fire department our own fire department. We don't have their police department. We don't have a sewer. Uh, you know, we have just recently began to put together water, our water systems, but we don't have control of these things. So many of these things are, and the schools, and so many of these things are controlled by other agencies that drive and, and do make a difference in the growth of Eagle and where things go, the roads. You know, we have these major state highways that run through our city more than any other city has that we have and we can't control whether they're widened or not or what the speed limit is or any of those things the same thing with ada county highway district we put the money in and they build the roads but uh, we don't get to determine that we want that road built now because we it's really busy and so we uh, are underneath the a lot of that and that's a lot of pressure I think that goes on with what you have to do as a mayor and a city council now is to move those decisions and work with those other agencies right yeah we don't have direct right we have great relationships with them all and we work with them but we can't turn around and say hey you're gonna take this money and go here and do this mm -hmm. which is which is really correct and, and you know what a lot of people don't understand is all those de different taxing districts 
that are out there all have their own elected officials outside of us. And so the nice thing about it is you do have the ability to vote for people that are directly affecting those things. You know, when a city is in control of all that, it's just the four council member and the mayor that are in control of all those things. Well, when you have these other districts, but people have to pay attention and they have to get out and vote for those individual things to make sure they're voting for the right people for ACHD, the right people for the school district, the right people for the, um, you know, fire department and everything else. Yeah. So, but it, it takes a lot, right? Involvement. You know, we just try to get people involved here at Eagle and, you know, sometimes we'll get two people that'll fill out an application to be on planning and zoning or, you know, design review or any one of our committees. And yet, you know, here you've got all these others that you got to get people to be on too. So it's an interesting dynamic, but there's always room for people to get involved in the community in all different levels. Well, there is. And I think the, the fun part also is that right now as the legislature is looking at the taxing uh, of the cities and property taxes, which is always a huge, big, big deal with everyone. And uh, if ever, everyone would look at their taxes as they re receive them, they would see that the city of Eagle is less than the schools, it was less than the fire department, less than the sewer department. Uh, the cemetery is we paid tax dollars to start. So there's so many different things, but if you look at Eagles city property taxes, you'll find that they're the third lowest in the state of Idaho, and we have some of the highest property values. Low taxes, high property values, and that brings people also into our community. It's different the way it's done in Idaho and other states. You know, a lot of people come from California and there, if your value of your house goes up, your city actually gets more. Yes. Here, that's not the way it works. What happens is if, it, if your house value goes up, the levy rate goes down, and right. it's based on just our budget and what we're, what we're putting in our budget for property taxes, right. which is interesting. You know, the city of Eagle has a $60 million budget overall, but only $4.5 million of that comes from property tax. The other is coming from savings, it's coming from you know uh, sales tax, it's coming from the liquor sales and stuff like that that we share with the state. When you guys were mayor, city council, Mayor Merrill, I'll start with you. What was one of the, your accomplishments? Something in particular, something that still goes today? Um, well, uh, Parks and Pathways, uh, when I started with that on uh, uh, council, I was given the liaison job of going with Parks and Pathways. And one of the things that I, I uh, did help do with a guy by the name of John Stockton was to gather up the uh, easements along the Boise River on the north side, along <laughs> the river by Bardenays and Mar Merrill right. Park. So, uh, yeah, we, we started getting those um, easements along there and getting people to help volunteer to build, start building the pathways. I stayed involved with that, with the uh, FACTS, which was a, another organization for that, and we helped uh, build those pathways with a lot of people volunteering to help. And our, our idea was to help build a pathway from Eagle to Lucky Peak, which was 26 miles, which happened to be exactly a marathon. And so that was a, one of the things was that, that and then Merrill Park. We, you know, uh, being uh, able to be a city councilman and be able to uh, talk the family into giving the park and then being able to help design the park because I was on that in that position and uh, be there to help uh, name it the Reed Merrill Park, which was a uh, father-in-law who owned all the egg farms there in that land and, and donated a lot to the city uh, was one of the was one of the big things. I was really interested in the parks, yeah, parks and pathways.
that's great. How about you? Well, I think probably the, the greatest uh, accomplishment or influence was with the development of the uh, uh, of the comprehensive, original comprehensive plan, putting together the, the Horizons Task Force that really set the tone and the vision for what EGLE was going to become. Uh, and I guess beyond that, I'm really happy with uh, the, the decision that we had to be able to work out a way to put in Heritage Park. Uh, originally that was three pieces of property and, and thank heavens for uh, the people who owned it, which who also owned the the paint company right there, they had bought that landing to make sure they could control what was going to happen there. They worked out a deal because we didn't have a lot of money at the time to sell us those three pieces of property over a three-year period, but go ahead and build your park there. We went out looking for help. We actually got permission to build on in February. We went out looking for help. Wright Brothers uh, stepped in and said they would be the manager. They ended up building the gazebo for us. Uh, we sold bricks uh, with names on them to be able to cover some of the costs. United Water Company came in and put in the fountain. And uh, that June, from February to June, we finished the park and opened it up during Eagle Fun Day. So that was a real uh, fast, very successful effort. And obviously the third one is, I'm kind of proud of Eagle of uh, uh, Steve Gerber Park up on Hill Road, but I didn't have anything to do with that other than working on uh, acquiring that land and things, and it was a, a big surprise the, the uh, night that they added an item to the city council uh, agenda and named the park, uh, thanks to Merrill, uh, Mayor Merrill, who I think implemented that. So, I think the interesting thing was, I was thinking what Steve was talking about, uh, we have in this city, we have a, uh, a mayor who appointed someone to the planning and zoning and city council who became mayor and the previous mayor ended up coming back and serving on the, underneath as a city council under the then mayor. So I served under Steve, Steve served under me and through these years we have developed a great friendship. We, we do not agree on everything uh, for sure but we've always been able to have a good great friendship so um you know that that was that's kind of unique i don't think you see that roll around and that's because we both have stayed involved we both have stayed involved you know we both appointed and worked with jason and who's now mayor so you've got this um repeat of of what is happening that is continuing with eagle and that is uh, that vision that we've all had and, and been able to keep through the years yeah. of uh, what we want. Uh, one of the things that I was thinking about that I am really proud of is the berms. The berms and the trees are, you know, I the tree hugger, I was ultimately the tree hugger. I did not know I love trees the way I love trees. I had so many people unhappy with me because I said, no, you got to keep that tree and uh, you can't take it down or you got to plant two more. And uh, we, uh, we saw sticks along the roads for, planted for trees that were not nursery standard. And so we came back and made them three inch caliper. And we said, well, if you're gonna start with the uh, two inch and bring them down to one inch, then we're gonna push them up the other way and you can we'll work with them that way. So, uh, you know, the trees and the berms, I think have always been something that I've uh, really embraced and work, helped work with. So I'm, I'm excited about the Jackson House that, that we've done in the mm -hmm. last couple of years. Being able to preserve that, having part as much as Orville Jackson meant to the community and everything else and yeah. the family and the stuff that they'd done. 
And so I'm really excited about what we do with that. You know, for years I've heard people go, oh my gosh, I'd love to see what's in that house and see what it looks like. And, and now we're going to give that opportunity to folks. I think that that's really neat. And then I think, um, and, and this kind of came from you guys and being around you guys, because once again, you talk about he appointed you, you know, you appointed me, and then now here I've become mayor. So it's kind of full circle for the three of us, um, is the the fact of taking the bull by the horns in, 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 the, in the area around us as a whole. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we, you talked a little bit earlier about the pressures of the county approving subdivisions and planned un, unit communities and stuff around. And then you, you can either let them do that around you and have it affect your city, or you can go and you can say, hey, wait a minute, this is gonna affect our city. The county shouldn't really be in the, the city building business. So we should really be looking at these projects and bringing them to the city. Um, you know, I tell a lot of people, you know, I, I live on three acres for a reason, right? I live on three acres because I can control how close my neighbor puts the trash cans to my driveway, right? It, they're not necessarily in front of it. And I think that mentality has been taken by Eagle for a long time in the fact of if we can control more of what's around us, we don't have the influence of other cities or county developments coming in on top of us. And so it, at a place where you said, you said kind of the county kind of messed up what we were trying to do with these larger lots. So you guys had to make the tough decisions of, hey, we need to take this. And yeah, it's not going to be what we wanted it to be, but it's going to be a heck of a lot better than what they're wanting down there and make sure we get what, somewhat what we want, the compromise. I think that one of the things that, that Eagle has always had has been a vision for the future. And uh, a lot of decisions are based on what we want to be in the future and what we need to be doing now to deal with the future. And I think that uh, that's, if you look back all these years, that's something that's, all, that's continued on in, in most cases. We've had some dips in, the, you know, in that vision. Uh, we've had some uh, who've moved in to become mayor for periods of time that maybe don't, didn't share that exactly. But uh, uh, but that's caused a turnover in some cases. I mean, we had one recall right after I was I was mayor, where we recalled the mayor because he really went off uh, in attention away from what had been going on for those eight years that I was mayor, and uh, he was replaced uh, once he was recalled by by uh, uh, Mayor Isaguire, who continued on and had been on the council and things uh, when I was there. Uh, so. Uh, if you look back at, at the people who have been the mayors, uh, you'll find in, in the vast majority of the cases in all these years that uh, uh, there's always been that vision for the future and what do we need to do now to maintain what we've accomplished and keep doing what it is that people really look at Eagle uh, from the standpoint of where they want to live and why they want to live here and uh, continue uh, that that look of eagle, so to speak, uh, that uh, makes it so attractive to so many people. Yeah, and part of that, part of that vision is when we, um, before we had the widening of Eagle Road, and before we had the Eagle River development, that used to be a pumpkin farm there, and they used to shoot pumpkins mm-hmm. there, and all four of those corners had developed, uh, you know, we as a city council and mayor sat down and said, what do we want to be when we grow up? Because we were getting pressures from people of what we were putting in and allowing. And we said, we either become a bedroom community 
where people travel to Boise on this new byway that we have, our bypass thing, or we start putting in, uh, in our development agreements and in our comprehensive plans, uh, what we want for businesses and jobs. And we wanted to become a work play community, work and play, so we, people could work, live, work and play in the same community without leaving it. And that's when we decided, what can we do? We decided Eagle is, we've got to build a different city. We're smaller, we're smaller and, and smallest between Meridian and, and Boise. Um, Meridian was the capital of the city, of the state, had Boise State University, all of the legislature and the laws being made, it was the capital. Meridian lived off of the bypass, off of the interstate, uh, had a lot of industry that came through and a lot of opportunities with the railroad going through it. Eagle did not have anything. What Eagle did have is Eagle had two channels of the Boise River, a bluff, if you will, to build up to, a valley, and the foothills. And when we looked at that, we said we are unique and we are want to be different. So we're going to build um, our city with recreation, uh, commerce, and uh, parks and recs for that, and a place to work, live, work, play. And that's when we began to, with the comprehensive plan, really making the changes with how that was going to be. But we uh, we could not compete with those, but we did want to build a, a city where people could live, and that's where Eagle River came into play, and some of that changing in the comprehensive plan. Yeah, and uh, since then, We've had businesses who have come to Eagle and want to live here or started here and wanted to stay here just because of the environment of living here, working here, and recreating here. And uh, uh, obviously we'd like to see more of those kinds of things and hopefully the future will, will create that with the opportunities that may come down the road. A lot of people don't realize the number of headquarters build, you know, companies that we have here in Eagle. Uh, Pet IQ is a, a worldwide company, Camille Beckman worldwide. We have those people who want to uh, live, work, and play right here in Eagle, and they've stayed here or they've, they've come and settled down in, in here, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to attract others in the future. The uh, owners and developers of Pet IQ lived here and live here in Eagle, started here in Eagle, were raised here in Eagle. And I know that one of them, you know, was involved with Albertsons, and as he went away and came back, he got involved with his pet IQ, and now we have it here as a headquarters. So people, you know, that living here before and coming back is is always a great thing. Yeah, and even Intuit, right? Intuit didn't start as Intuit being here. And, of course, it's not their headquarters, but it was T-Sheets headquarters, yeah. right? It started right. as a little mom-and-pop shop and turned into what it was and sold for millions of dollars to... To into it, Money Metals Exchange. They're building a twenty-one million dollar, you know, uh, depository here here in Eagle. It's uh, the only one of its kind west of Mississippi. It's an eight thousand square foot vault, and uh, you know it's incredible that they chose Eagle yeah. to do this. But uh, you know we live in a great place. So I'm going to wrap up with one last question here, and is so Eagle's motto that we started having here a couple years ago is life done right. And so kind of what does, what does Eagle and, and Life Done Right kind of mean to you? Start with you, Mayor Mayor. Well, um, I think uh, Eagle provides um, opportunities for everyone, uh, I, I, especially in the housing market. 
um, you know, when we still uh, try to leave uh, large lots within a community with a planned unit development, so we have where people can live from the time that they buy their first home with their first little family, clear through their lives, and they end up with a senior home or a little condo or a townhouse in the very same community because we have planned that with varied lots uh, throughout the community. I think that that is uh, really unique and, and really important. I know that they love the bike paths and the trails that we have built in, here in Eagle, and that's, uh, we continue to do that. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's a great motto uh, if you think about living your life and doing it the way you want to do it, then I think Eagle's the place to, to do it. It uh, uh, has so many things that we hear about from people who live here that they really like. And uh, I think that's what makes it very attractive is the fact that it's unique, uh, but it also uh, is comfortable. In the Treasure Valley, if you look at it, having the ability of the recreation in the foothills, the recreation at the river, the, the recreation in the parks and trails that we've created for everybody to enjoy all those things. I mean, and on top of it, you can, you know, have a work out of your home with a business. You can work at a, at a business that's in town. You can own a small business. You know, Eagle has always really worked hard to make sure that we support the small businesses and what can we do to attract those. Um, and so I think, you know, you come here and I just, I think people feel that they can accomplish anything. Um, you know, I tell a lot of young people all the time, a lot of them will go, you know, Eagle's kind of boring. You know, I don't, I don't want to, I'm going to move away. I go, you'll be yeah. back. It always brings you back. Yeah. And you were talking a little bit about the fact that, you know, you talk about the egg farm, right? Five acres. My guess is the egg farm was a lot bigger than five acres. But now, you know, you live in a smaller home that you're able to still live here because you don't want to take care of five acres anymore. But you can do that in the community without having to leave and go somewhere else. So... Well, I appreciate both of you guys doing this. This was really incredible. I hope you had a good time, and yeah. uh, we'll have you back again. Oh, we'll, we'll be glad to come back. You Thanks. know where to find us. <laughs> <laughs> right, thank you. Thank you for joining us on our Explore Eagle podcast. I hope you will subscribe and listen to our Explore Eagle podcast so you can hear how Eagle is life done right. In the meantime, you can check out our website at cityofeagle.org or app Explore Eagle, available for free at the Apple App Store or Google Play.